Hi, my name's Alyssa. And my name's Melissa. Welcome back to the Deliverability Defined Podcast. Each week, we'll be diving deep into a topic and giving you practical advice to improve your email deliverability. In other words, we'll help you reach the inbox of your subscribers and stay out of their spam folders, leading to more success in your email marketing. Deliverability can be complex, but we're here to define it. Hello, Melissa. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Oh, you know, pretty good. We were just chatting before this, and as you know, it's just like things are crazy right now, but um, it's all really good things. But I think you and I are both just like slammed. I know my entire day has been meeting, so hopefully Mm -hmm. I still know how to form sentences (laughs) properly. (laughs) It's so funny how sitting behind a in-person or on a camera can be just as exhausting. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's just interesting. Yeah. I'm dying to get outside and my day is pretty much over. So we'll see. Oh. Maybe a little. Well, it's I'm recording from Idaho today. Nice. And I was just telling you earlier, it's been it randomly, it was sunny most of the day. And then all of a sudden it just started like blizzard snowing out and it's done now, but it was just weird. That is weird. Yeah. It's like 70 degrees here in Nashville. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. I know. Okay. I'm kind of jealous of that. <laughs> it's pretty nice. And tomorrow's supposed to be even hotter. So I definitely wow. need to get out of the house. Yeah. Get some sunshine. Well, I know last week we had Nathan on the podcast, which was so fun, um, but we didn't really get to do like a, a hey, everybody. <laughs> thanks for- Welcome back. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming back to season four. That means a lot to us. Or yeah. you know, if we have some new listeners, we're so glad you're here. Mm-hmm. It's been, I think, like almost a year since we recorded an episode, which is crazy. And a lot of life has happened. So Melissa, why don't you tell us about what have you been up to for the last year? What's changed? Oh my gosh. It just feels like a whirlwind. Ooh. I got engaged, which I think we did mention on the last episode. But yes, I've been in full- planning mode. We've been together a long time. So we're just having a short engagement and it's definitely been very busy, all happy things. But if you ever planned a wedding before, yeah, you know how crazy it can be. So yeah. And what about you? Uh, Well, I have a nine month old now, which is just (laughs) so crazy. Last time we recorded, I was just very, very pregnant. Yeah. He is hilarious. He's a little cutie named James and yeah, it's so fun. He's doing new stuff every day. He is extremely opinionated, demanding. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Like, if you walk by a room that he wants to go in and you don't go in that room, like, he will start yelling. He's like, babbling. We're going in that room. Oh, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. So, but it's been fun. Is that something he gets from you or your husband? Thomas, for sure. My husband. I'm really, yeah. I was so easygoing. I usually am pretty like go with the flow. Yeah. And I would say Thomas is a little less go with the flow. And uh, James is like, he's not very go with the flow at all. Oh, that's so funny. He's more like Thomas. Well, he's a cutie, but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. He's cute. We might, you know, hear him babble a little on the podcast, but hopefully not. <laughs> we'll see. That's okay. Yeah. But other than that, we're just, you know, chugging along here at Convert Kit. Yeah. Doing really, really exciting things. Some things I hate to be this person, although I never have been this person before, but it's like we have some secret projects that uh we do. We're working on at Convert Kit that I can't share yet, which is fun, but that's taking up a lot of time. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it's just yeah, a lot of fun to build. So yeah, there's a lot of exciting things. Yeah. Okay. Well I guess we can hop into today's episode, which kind of talks about some of 
those exciting things that have already Mm -hmm. been released. And we're going to get into newsletter sponsorships and what that means for your deliverability, some things to keep in mind. And yeah, just like, I don't know that we've covered it much in our past episodes, but Mm -hmm. it seems like newsletter sponsorships are a huge thing that have exploded in the last year. So I'd love for us to just chat about that more. Yeah. Sounds good. So first off, let's like, what is a newsletter sponsorship? Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. So newsletter sponsorship is like an example. If I had a, I'm trying to think like a newsletter all about my Mastiff puppy dog. Mm. Like maybe I would have, you know, if I had an audience that was really engaged and kind of like, you know, my newsletter did really well and I had the opportunity to have sponsors reach out and want to advertise in my newsletter. They could pay to have their products, you know, advertise there and then drive traffic and sales to that particular product. So for example, like I said, I would, you know, maybe I have my little newsletter about like Mastiffs, which is the kind of dog I have. And reaching really big, maybe Petco reaches out to me and says, I want to, you know, we want to advertise this dog bed in your newsletter or whatever. And then they would pay to do that. And then, you know, I would have that listed in my newsletter somewhere that I sent out weekly. So that's just kind of a specific example of what, if I could think of something I would enjoy doing off the top Mm -hmm. of my head, (laughs) it would be that. But essentially, yeah, it's just, it's brands that are wanting to advertise to, in these kinds of newsletters to people's audiences. Oftentimes newsletters, you know, are really specific to a certain niche. These audiences are really engaged. Alyssa, do you have any favorite, you know, examples of newsletters that you follow where you've maybe seen a sponsor that you were interested in? Mm, That's a really good question. I know it's kind of off the cusp, but. I feel like I see a lot these days. So I have an example of a brand that I think has done a really good job at this. Tell me. Which is, okay, Athletic Greens. That's who I was going to say. Yeah. Yep. I've seen them everywhere. They seem to advertise really well in those very niche audiences. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good example. And I know they are a big brand that uses the ConvertKit sponsor network. So Mm -hmm. we can talk about that a little more. But essentially... Obviously, all of us at ConvertKit are very excited about the idea of newsletter sponsorships because it's unlocking a new way for creators to earn a living. Mm -hmm. And that's our whole mission at ConvertKit. So it's awesome to see these creators who have built up a loyal audience of email subscribers who are engaged, and then they get to monetize that audience in a new way Mm -hmm. by partnering with a brand who's aligned with their brand, and they can work together to both make an income, which is awesome. So I'm looking now at someone I know is in the ConvertKit sponsor network and seeing if I can find a brand they've recently worked with. I think it's going to take too much time. But anyways, just to get into, oh, I found it. Ooh, interesting. Tagus, your modern research launch pad. Hmm. Huh. It's like a data research operating system. Anyways, that's very interesting. So the ConvertKit sponsor network is basically where we have ConvertKit customers mashed up with brands who can sponsor their newsletters. And I think that's a really great thing to look into if you haven't looked into it yet, Mm -hmm. if you want to start earning some more income from your newsletter. For the ConvertKit sponsor network, typically the threshold is you need to have 10,000 email subscribers 
and a 30% open rate mm-hmm. to be eligible. I do know there are some people in the not- network that have fewer subscribers than that. So I wouldn't let that prevent you from applying. Mm-hmm. Let me get the URL now, Convert Kit Sponsor Network. I was going to say too, some context around why this could be helpful for creators. Just another thing to think about would be, like I said, if I had a, a newsletter where I was, you know, writing about the Mastiff breed, dog breed specifically, and and tips and tricks and things I've learned about having a big dog and all these other things, like maybe I have a great audience, engaged audience, and maybe I have like all the, the necessary metrics and all of those things in place. But the cool thing about this program is that you know, we're helping creators find those connections. And I think when I said, you know, if Petco wanted to sponsor me, like that would be a hard connection to make on my own as a creator. Yeah. So that's the really cool thing about this is that it's it's exciting and it's helping kind of bridge that gap between what people have already been doing that's successful and these sponsors and then like creating those partnerships, which I think can be like a really overwhelming process for some people who are just like deep into their content creation and business. Yeah, exactly. It's a great way for us to do all that hard work for you in the Mm -hmm. background. We already have those existing relationships with the large brands and we'll just help you, you know, get those ads placed in your newsletter and get paid. Yeah. So if you're interested in checking that out, it's convertkit.com slash sponsor. And I know we're always looking for sponsors too. So if you have a brand and you're like, Ooh, I would love to put some ad spend towards some of the largest newsletter centers out there, Mm -hmm. but the really engaged list. Some examples of creators who are in the network are like James Clear, Pat Flynn, all sorts of people. So if you're like, oh, I would love to get in front of James Clear's audience, Mm -hmm. you should also go to that URL, convertkit.com slash sponsor and apply. So just to lay that framework, that's why we're talking about this today is because more creators, I think, than ever are Mm -hmm. getting sponsors for their newsletters, which is awesome. And an interesting thing is that there are some deliverability implications and things to keep in mind when it comes to getting a sponsor in your newsletter. So that's why we want to make sure and chat about it more today. Yeah. One thing I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit was why we think the newsletter format is helpful, specifically when it comes to sponsors and deliverability and sort of like the connection between those two. So I don't know if you want to kind of like talk through that a little bit and like what your take on it is. Yeah, for sure. So I think I've seen a lot of people talk about recently how a newsletter is different than email marketing, and I can totally see where they're coming from with that. Mm -hmm. I'm sure people can make an argument in different cases, but when we're talking about having a newsletter, I think we're really talking about having a regular email that goes out to your audience, and it trying to think content wise, it's not like a sales funnel. Mm -hmm. I think that's more email marketing is like Mm -hmm. someone buys something from you. You send them promo codes and abandoned cards. Here's a new product. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of getting out of that framework, although you can do both, but it's having like a consistent piece of content that's going out for consumption every week Mm -hmm. that is providing value to your audience. It's not just like selling something to them or giving them some sort of promotion but it's something else they can consume to either learn, be entertained, Mm -hmm. you know, growth, development, things like that. There's all sorts of options, but I think it's more of creating content on a regular basis Mm -hmm. that an audience is excited about. And a great thing for sponsors is that they have those regular 
eyeballs on that content that those people like. And I think it's easy with newsletters for there to be kind of a niche for brands to latch onto. So Mm -hmm. like if you have a health related newsletter, then Athletic Greens is going to be probably like, oh, that's a great fit. Like Mm -hmm. this is a healthy supplement kind of drink and that's a health newsletter. Your audience will be interested in this mm-hmm. versus maybe, you know, like the dog <laughs> newsletter you are referring to, Melissa, like Athletic Greens might be interested in that, but also it would just maybe be less clear to them whether your audience is mm-hmm. the right fit for that. Instead of like Petco, like you said, they're going to be more excited about your newsletter than they would for a health person's newsletter. So right. I think that's another thing that's really awesome about newsletters and sponsors and brands is that you can really clearly help brands find like where they should go to Mm -hmm. find new customers. Yeah, it's definitely um, more of a less in your face kind of sales tactic. And when you say sales tactic, it makes it sound like a bad thing. And I don't mean that at all. (laughs) I think that when you get sales emails, and I've mentioned this about a thousand times on this podcast, but like I love to shop. So I am one of those weirdos who like signs up for everything because I want to receive sale notifications and I often am looking for certain products. And so I like having marketing emails for the most part. However, from the company's perspective, I might not always be looking for those sales emails. I'm looking for them when I have maybe some extra money to spend on a pair of shoes, but I'm not always looking at those emails about shoes. And so when I'm you know, reading a newsletter and that content is specifically about shoes, and then I receive maybe a sponsored ad in that newsletter that I'm looking at, it might click more in those moments as, you know, compared to me going in and searching for that specific sales email that I may or may not read every other month. So Mm -hmm. I think it just different delivery makes sense, like you said, for I'm trying to think of like the word repetition, I guess, of Mm -hmm. people who are coming back to read those newsletters. They offer something different than just a sales email from a company. So I think from both consumer perspective and from a sponsor perspective, it just really makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a great fit and it's a win-win situation. Creators are getting paid for their hard work and brands are finding engaged audiences that they haven't been able to market to before that now they can. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, obviously we love podcasts. We're (laughs) podcasting right now. I listen to podcasts all the time. Mm -hmm. Most of the podcasts I listen to have ads. And normally when I'm listening to a podcast, I'm doing something else. I'm driving, I'm doing dishes. So even if I do hear an ad and I'm like, ooh, that's interesting, I'm going to forget about it in five minutes and I'm not on my computer. But if someone is reading their email... They're already on a device where they can really easily click a link, boom, they're at your landing page, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, and ready to buy what you're selling. So I think that's another... such a great point. Yeah. And same with like TV ads. It's like if I'm Mm -hmm. sitting on my couch watching TV and I see a commercial, even if I think whatever it is is awesome, I'm much less likely to whip out my phone right then and there Mm -hmm. and sign up. Yeah. So it's great that the people consuming the content are already like on their computers or phones. Takes away that extra middle step. So let's get into what are sponsors looking for when they pay to appear in a newsletter? So as you can imagine, for a lot of sponsors, metrics are going to be something that they want to focus on. So when we say at ConvertKit, we're looking for creators who have about a 30% open rate to be a part of the sponsor network. That's because if I was a sponsor and I put my ad into your newsletter and I'm paying you money to do that, 
we don't really want to see those emails land in the spam folder. That means, you know, it's likely a lot of people aren't seeing that and probably not engaging with it and that kind of thing. So opens are a really good metric to look at. Clicks are another good metric to look at to see if people are interacting with the ad. It also helps sponsors figure out what works for them. You know, if Mm -hmm. they have to make changes to their marketing or if they need to change a graphic or if their messaging isn't very clear, not only is it helping drive sales to their product, but it's also helping with their, their messaging and marketing on their end. Yeah, I love that. I think it's a really cool idea for brands who are using like the ConvertKit sponsor network to slightly change their copy across the different creators they are using and like see what lands better and things like that. So that's genius. And I want to touch on something you mentioned about deliverability because this is where things get a little tricky when it comes to having a sponsor in your newsletter. And we kind of talked about this with Nathan too, when it comes to paid newsletters, Mm -hmm. obviously deliverability is always important. Like we always want your subscribers to be receiving your emails, but the stakes are raised way higher when someone is paying Mm -hmm. for those emails. And that's exactly what's happening here. So the brand is paying for their email to be seen basically. Mm -hmm. So let's say you get this awesome brand, they pay you 10 grand for a placement in your newsletter and you send it out and you notice, oh my gosh, all the emails are bouncing or going to spam. That's going to be a really, really tough conversation and really damage your reputation with that brand, probably, hopefully they're understanding, but it's just going to cause a huge headache for you and no one wants that. So it's really, really, really important, obviously for everyone to follow deliverability best practices, Mm -hmm. but especially if you're getting into anything paid when it comes to email, like a sponsorship or a paid newsletter, Mm -hmm. you've got to be on top of your deliverability game. You've got to be cleaning your list regularly. You've just really have to make sure all those boxes are checked. So Mm -hmm. if you are someone using ConvertKit and you are, you have a sponsor or you're going to get a sponsor or something like that, if you need us to Mm -hmm. check your setup before you send out that first email, please always feel free to reach out to us. And we would love to do that. Or even a paid newsletter, if you're thinking of starting a paid newsletter and before you launch, if you're interested in having us check that too, like we're happy to do that as well. So Mm -hmm. that was a good thing to bring up too. Yeah. And I wanted to call out another thing I've seen with one of our ConvertKit creators who recently started putting ads in their emails. This is a creator who normally their newsletter is very like educational and insightful, I would say is a good word for it. Not super promotional, mostly just like lots of insight. You kind of leave feeling inspired and Mm -hmm. like you've learned something from their newsletter, but they started putting ads in their newsletter. And I would say their messages started going to the promotions tab more. And the sender was very bummed about this. You know, they wanted to be in the primary tab. They definitely saw open rates decrease when messages went to the promotions tab. But I just want to call out that's something that is it's more likely to happen. If you put an ad in your newsletter, Mm -hmm. newsletters in general are already promotional. I know some of us hate to hear that, (laughs) but if your message is going from you to many, many people, and it's, Mm -hmm. even if it is really educational or insightful or whatever, in the end, it is promoting your work, your brand. What the primary tab is meant for is like one-to-one messages, appointment reminders from your doctor or 
a message from your grandma on your birthday, like Mm -hmm. a message from your boss. That's what the primary tab is meant for. So newsletters really are more um, promotional in nature. I know there's a forums tab too. Some people have turned on. So I just want to call out that if you're someone who your newsletter normally goes to the primary tab, once you add advertisements to your newsletter, there's a good chance it might start going to the promotions tab. I would not panic about that. I think it's just the reality and that's the Mm -hmm. way that that tab is meant to work. Right. Yeah. That's a tough one. I mean, I'm sure for a lot of people feels a little discouraging, but not that you can train the like Gmail's algorithm or trick it or any of those things. We've talked about this in previous episodes, But just an important reminder that the more you can encourage, you know, replies and kind of that one-to-one feel in your newsletters, the better chance you have of maybe moving those back to the, the primary inbox. So again, not that doing that exactly will automatically change that result, but it's just a good thing to keep in mind as you're working on kind of like your strategy, that is something that can be helpful. So if you're feeling discouraged, you know, maybe try asking your audience a question, get replies, try to make that feel more one-to-one, more like there's a relationship there. Yeah. I love that. And you can also tweak the copy of your ad. Mm -hmm. You definitely want to be clear that it's an ad. Nobody wants to feel tricked. You know, you don't want to be misleading, but you can definitely make the ad match you and your personality and your branding. If it is something you really have tried and loved, like it's great to talk about that, tell a story about it. If you have a relevant story, it doesn't have to scream like ad, ad, ad. And you definitely don't want someone to be reading your newsletter, hearing your voice and tone, get to the ad and be like, whoa, Mm -hmm. this feels like someone else wrote this. It does not match at all. Yeah. So I do recommend making sure that the ad still sounds like it's coming from you, that it visually matches your branding, and then also just the copy matches your branding. Right. I have to be honest too. I'm I'm not – I don't have my own newsletter. I don't have a sponsor. I know everyone's shocked by this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I think something that could be helpful, and, and I don't know what other creators are doing, but this is just something I was thinking about while I was re- like kind of outlining this episode was get to know your sponsor. Find out more about the product. Get interested in it. Try it. And that way, too, like you're you're also helping build that relationship and that trust with your audience and the sponsor. So that's kind of similar to what you just said about like putting it in your own words. It's usually easier to talk about something when you know more about it. So Mm -hmm. just a little little tidbit, I guess, of advice that I don't know if I should, if I have the qualifications to give, but. You do. You see 2 billion messages sent a month. So you have a lot of expertise. (laughs) And this is a good time for me to do a self-plug. I did start a newsletter while we were gone. So I would love for you all to subscribe if you're interested. The sign up is deliverability.ck.page slash newsletter. So Go sign up. <laughs> yeah. If you're interested. If you're interested. I mean, if you like this podcast, you're going to like it. It's literally just, it's almost um, feels like an, a course delivered through email. Mm-hmm. It's like all text. There's almost never a link. It's just kind of as if I was talking to you about a mm-hmm. certain topic, like how should you clean your list or how should you re-engage your subscribers and things like that. So mm-hmm. if you're interested, go check that out. I don't have any sponsors and probably will not. Not yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this podcast is a sponsor. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, go check that out. So let's see. I think that was a good summary of the things you can do to help drive your metrics. Like we mentioned before, 
don't forget to clean your list and like keep up with your list hygiene, especially if someone is paying for your emails to land in the inbox. It's very important that they do. Definitely. I think the coolest thing about all of this, and I know we kind of mentioned this before, but it really is a mutually beneficial relationship between both people. So I think there's so much room here for growth and it's really exciting. And I think we've kind of talked about this in other episodes, but if you're just starting out and you're like, I'm not, you know, close to 10,000 subscribers and I don't have any of those things, like the best thing that I would start thinking about now is what do people ask you questions about? How can you get excited about writing content in a way that is like habitual so that you can continue putting things out and just like practice, practice those things now, practice your list hygiene habits now. I think a lot of times people don't expect their list to grow and then something happens and they, you know, all of a sudden like a TikTok goes viral or a post goes viral or something happens. And then I don't know that people are always ready for their list to grow as much as it does. Mm -hmm. So if you're sitting here thinking like, I'm not at that point yet, um, I guess my piece of advice would don't be discouraged. We hear it all the time that people did not expect something to go a certain way. And Nathan kind of touched on this in the last episode too. And I just thought it was a really good like piece of advice that was like, don't underestimate what you're doing right. Mm -hmm. And now's the time to start because once you do get to that point where you start to grow, you'll already have all of those practices in place and it will make things so much easier, especially if you do end up getting a sponsor someday. Yeah. And then along those lines, like you don't have to wait until you have more subscribers to try and get sponsorships. I know I follow some creators on Twitter who have, I would say, I don't know, an email list of like less than a thousand subscribers. Mm -hmm. And they'll tweet, they'll say, hey, I'm about to send out my newsletter for the week. I have a sponsorship, you know, spot open for a hundred dollars. And here's my open rate here, how many subscribers I have, things like that. And they'll get it booked and you can kind of set your price and, you know, obviously raise it as you go along. But I think Mm -hmm. it's never too soon, like to have a sponsor in your email list. Mm -hmm. You just have to find the right price. But definitely at any size, you can start earning some income through your newsletter. Yeah. Such an awesome concept. I know. It really is. I just love any way for creators to organically like Mm -hmm. earn a living because it does take so much time to write a newsletter and to build an audience. So Mm -hmm. it's important that you are able to get paid for it. Definitely. Cool. So it's important that brands can trust you if they are sponsoring you and your newsletter. So make sure that you are honest and you are really, I would say like true to your brand and your Mm -hmm. voice in all of your newsletters, including the ad sections like we talked about. But the more engaged audience you have, the bigger benefit you have to brands. So Mm -hmm. keeping your audience loyal and engaged and continuing to provide them value is what's going to continue to get you paid by brands. Right. We didn't really talk about this. This just kind of came to my mind. But if you do ever experience like a deliverability issue and you do have a sponsor, I guess that would be something to Mm -hmm. talk about. I just kind of like a lot of things we say, I guess the first piece of advice would be don't panic. And if you need help digging in to maybe why there was an issue, you can always reach out. I guess another thing I would say is be careful to make decisions about what you think happened when you're in panic mode, especially if you feel the pressure. (laughs) 
(laughs) from a sponsor. And I'm not saying like from that company directly. I'm just saying if you go in and look at a campaign and you're like, ooh, that didn't perform the way that I thought. And and maybe in the past, all of your other campaigns have done really well. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're like working with a sponsor. I would say like, take a breath first, you know, maybe dig in a little bit. But if you need help, I would definitely recommend reaching out to, you know, our our deliverability team here at ConvertKit or someone who knows their deliverability stuff because we have seen in the past people who automatically panic and it's not what they expected. It's not what they thought right off the bat. So that's just something to kind of keep in mind as this program grows and as people are getting sponsors that it's not always going to be 100% perfect all the time. So I just thought that might be like important to chat about. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad you called that out. The most painful, one of the most painful scenarios I see all the time is someone will run into a deliverability issue of any kind and they their first step is to tweet about it, which I guess that's just what a lot of people do when they run into issues. Mm-hmm. And I'll see the thread and they say like, oh my gosh, I'm using ConvertKit. My emails are going to spam. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, what do I do? And the replies are usually sending the person way down the wrong path. Mm -hmm. The first thing someone will say is set up SPF and DCAM, which I'm just like, oh, goodness. Yeah, let's not even go there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like you don't understand how that works. Yeah. Yeah. So let's not get people spiraling. Not you, but like the people tweeting back. Like let's not get people spiraling. Oh, no. Yeah, that's a whole rabbit hole. Yeah. And that's never right. the right step in the way that that person is saying, right. which we have a whole episode on and can go deeper on. But anyways, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of people saying, are you on any block list, which sends them down a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. It's never good. And then they finally reach out to Melissa or I, or I see the Twitter thread and reach out to them. And it's like a single, like smaller thing answer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so tiny. I'm like, oh, this is exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. And they've wasted hours and hours following people's Twitter advice. So if you're having a deliverability issue, reach out to us before you tweet about it because if not, you'll probably waste a lot of time and we don't want that for you. Yeah, that's a great point. And also like stuff happens in deliverability. Like there was actually something recently that just happened with Hotmail that was actually made the news and they somehow were allowing, I think a lot of spam Mm -hmm. emails to be placed. Was it in the inbox? I think their spam filters just stopped working. So literally like any email sent to a Hotmail or Outlook address just went to the inbox, no matter what. Yikes. So that's just a great example of like something that no ESP had control over, but Hotmail just had an issue and it caused some problems for people. So, you know, things happen. And I guess that's just kind of my point is that nothing will ever be 100% perfect all the time in deliverability. We know that we've covered that in so many podcasts. So I guess, you know, just be easier on yourselves (laughs) as you move through this process, especially if having a sponsor is new to you. And yeah, we're here to help. We can dig in and and make sure everything looks good. Yes, definitely. And if you want any advice or guidance on finding a sponsor, feel free to reach out to us for that too. Even if you don't qualify for the ConvertKit Sponsor Network, we can probably send some ideas your way. Mm -hmm. And again, I think I've seen people get sponsors when their email lists are less than a thousand subscribers. So don't limit yourself in Mm -hmm. what you can do. Another creator might want to sponsor your newsletter. It doesn't have to be like a huge household name brand. Yeah. Great point. Cool. Okay. Well, this was great. I'm so glad we're back. Thank you all for listening. Yes. Thank you. If you haven't already, give us a review. We love to see them and we haven't 
you know, had any in a while since we've been on such a big break. So I also feel very hopeful every time we do a podcast and like, please like, let us know if you have any questions or ideas, because I I really like talking about things that people are interested in, Mm -hmm. you know? So if you have anything that you're like, even if it's something smaller, like you never know, we could do a whole podcast episode on it. So please reach out if you have any ideas or topics that you want us to cover anything you're interested in. Yeah. Oh, and one important thing we didn't even talk about at the beginning of the podcast. Oh, no. We met in person, guys. <gasps> we did. For the first time. <laughs> that was so crazy. I know. It was so great. <sighs> this is how big of a deal this is. I went and visited my grandma today. I hadn't seen her in a while. And I showed her a picture of you and I. And I was like, Aww. I finally got to meet my boss. <laughs> That's so fun. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> that was exciting. That is a big like milestone in the last year. It is. And we're going to, I think, see each other again in June. And you all can be there too if you're listening to this podcast. So if you want to see Melissa and I in person and hang out and talk about deliverability or whatever you want to talk about, you should look into the Crafting Commerce (laughs) Conference. I don't know why that was so hard for me to say. (laughs) Crafting Commerce Conference by ConvertKit. That's a lot of C's. That is a lot of C's. Oh my goodness. Um, Wow. But we'll be there. It's in Boise, Idaho. Yep which is where I am right now film or doing this podcast episode. It's great if you've never been here. So pretty. But yeah, we'd love to hang out with you all. Yeah, that would be really, really fun. Maybe we can do mm-hmm. like, I've always dreamed of doing a live podcast. Like a mini breakout or something. Sure, yeah, like. Or that. Yeah, hang out something. Yeah. So, so yeah, let us know if you're going to be there and then we can make sure to say hi to you. Definitely. All righty. I hope everybody has a great week. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Deliverability Defined. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have time, please leave us a review. You can find a resource guide for today's show at convertkit.com slash deliverability, where we outline all of the information you need to know from today's episode. If you have a question or topic you want us to cover, let us know within the ConvertKit community or at convertkit.com slash deliverability. We'll see you next week.